So much went wrong for the Chargers in their loss to the Dolphins on Sunday, but on today's show, we're going to tell you why there are still a few reasons to have hope in 2023. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today, and thank you to everyone who made yesterday's YouTube show the biggest that we've ever had by a lot. So we appreciate the everydayers out there, and to make sure you don't miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free in Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from, but... David, what do we got today? Daniel, it's the first buy or sell of the season. We're going to get into the biggest overreactions and storylines coming out of week one. Is this season over? Nah, I'm definitely selling that. Have the Chargers been able to fix their run defense? Yeah, I think there's a lot of legitimate questions about this team. I I mean, I think some are overreactions, but I think some of them are legitimate concerns as well. But this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. David, one big thing that I think happened after the Chargers lost to the Dolphins in the way that it happened was the sky was falling in Chargers Nation. And, you know, yesterday we were on here and probably a little bit emotional too. And, like, there are a lot of reasons to have big concerns about this team. And I think there are some things that aren't going to just get fixed in one week. But I think seeing what happened around the AFC puts things in perspective a little bit. I think week one is always a little bit weird. And I'm not trying to make any excuses for this team, but I do think, hey, I have seen enough, especially from the offensive side of things, where I think I'm going to sell that as well. The Chargers season is not over, even though it feels like it. And there are still some reasons, I think, to be optimistic about the Chargers winning a lot of games this year. Absolutely, yeah. I'm definitely going to sell it, Daniel. I just think that when you look at this Chargers team on offense, you saw a lot of things that you liked. I mean, I think that Justin Herbert was very efficient. You protected the football. You made smart decisions. The running game looked fantastic. And also, just looking at the landscape of the rest of the AFC, the Chiefs are 0-1, the Bengals are 0-1, the Bills are 0-1. All of those teams are you know going to be some of the best teams in, in the AFC and in, in the NFL. I think we can still say that now. So I don't think their fans think their season's over. The Chargers fans should definitely not think that this season is over. It's one game out of a 17-game season. This team is going to change. You're going to see different variations of it, and you might have just seen the worst version at first. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a legitimate chance, you know, especially defensively, that could be the worst game we see all season. But they have a lot more good offenses on their schedule. So we'll get into that by or sell later because I think it's a good question. But I think, yeah, I think it's how those games happen too. Like Joe Burrow had 82 yards in his first game as the NFL's highest paid player ever, yeah. right? That offense got shut out by the Cleveland Browns. Completely. Then you have, you know, a lot of people wanted Brian Dayball yesterday after the Staley thing, right? The Giants go out and get shut out 40 to zero. Like, Woo. Week one gives you a lot of perspective and a lot of weird things happen. I mean, the Bills offense looked terrible. I mean, and I think that maybe the most important thing is the Chargers came out of this game healthy. And that's, I think, reason. I mean, last year, you were about to miss Keenan Allen for like six, seven games after week one because he got hurt against the Raiders, right? That didn't happen. Austin Eckler is a little banged up, and we'll get into that. But I think if you look at the team like the Jets, 
and probably just lost Aaron Rodgers to an Achilles injury in the first game of the season with all the expectations they had. Like, things can change quickly. The Chargers came out of this game healthy. It could have been a lot worse from a lot of different perspectives. But it is the offense for me that gives me faith. The Chargers showed me offensively they have the firepower to win a lot of games this season, right? I mean, I don't think the Dolphins' defense is elite, but I think there's a lot of legit players on that defense, and the Chargers kind of made them look silly on Sunday, putting up a lot of points until, obviously, the very end of it. But I think the most impressive thing, obviously, was the Chargers' rushing attack. So this is the next buy or sell, David. Kellen Moore, after a decade-long at least struggle in the Chargers' running game, has finally found a way to fix the Chargers' rushing attack. It's just crazy that it manifested itself so quickly, but I am going to buy it. And I, and I think we saw it in the preseason with the output that they were able yeah. to get and how effectively they were running the ball and not being very creative with their play calls either. It just seems like this scheme, the more north and south style of scheme fits the Chargers offensive line better. I think it fits the running backs that they have better. And they were opening up gaping holes. They like It just seemed like every time they touched the ball, it was five or six yards per carry, and they were imposing their will, too. I mean, they they were running the ball straight down the Dolphins' throats on multiple different occasions, and I just think that is going to be such a weapon for them going down the stretch of the season because it's going to force other teams, other defenses, to have to respect the Chargers' rushing offense, which is going to open things up over the top as well. You have to hope so going forward. I also think you're not going to see 40 carries in most games, right? This felt like a very matchup-specific scheme, but... Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler both looked great. The North and South style definitely seems to fit this offensive line, I think. And, I mean, it felt like the offensive line kind of dominated in the running game. And it was, according to EPA, the best rushing performance the Chargers have had in the last three or two-plus years, I guess. But Joe Lombardi only had one rushing performance EPA-wise that was better than what we saw from Kellen Moore in his two seasons as OC. And I'm pretty sure it was that Justin Jackson breakaway against the Patriots. It was. Setting that one up. Yeah. And again, the Chargers still lost anyways, right? Their best rushing games they've lost. But I do think that, yeah, I mean, now three out of the four games we've seen Kellen Moore be the offensive coordinator, albeit two of them in the preseason, we've seen them go over 200 rushing yards. It'll be a much bigger test this week against the Tennessee Titans, who I think will give them much more problems or won't be as easy. But I think you'll see the Chargers throw the ball a whole lot more. But this was from Daniel Popper. The Chargers finished the game averaging .31 expected points added per designed rush, according to True Media. To put that number in perspective, no other team was above .07 going into Monday night. So that's .31 for the Chargers. No other team was better than .07. So that's a huge discrepancy there. Yes. But the Chargers also lost their best running back potentially for a little bit. We will see what the, you know, the severity of it, but Austin Eckler, according to Brandon Staley, got an ankle injury. I think he returned to the game after he injured it. They did have the play where, yeah, I mean, he tried to come back in. I think he had one carry, didn't really go anywhere. And then he was kind of sat the rest of the game, but overall 16 carries, 117 yards, right? Plus what he did in the receiving game. So the, the buyer sell is this, the chargers will be fine. If Austin Eckler misses time. Yeah, I mean, I think if you would have asked me that question any season before now, I would say no, and I would sell sell it automatically. Yeah, I would sell it automatically, but I think now with what we saw the Chargers rushing offense look like, what we saw the offensive line look like, what we saw, most importantly, Josh Kelly look like, Yeah. uh, I mean, it was truly like a two-headed monster. I mean, Josh Kelly was at 5.7 yards per carry in that game and was bordering on a hundred yard performance 
himself. So he still looked fast, still looked explosive, still looked like he was making good cuts. So I think, yes, I am going to buy it. I think the scheme is upgraded. The offensive line is healthy and intact, and they love this scheme. You can see it. And the Chargers backup running back is having success. And I want to see what Isaiah Spiller looks like in this rushing offense as well, if he's able to earn his way uh, to being active on game days. Well, David gave the wrong answer because Austin Eckler is scheduled to come on the show tomorrow, so he should have said absolutely not. Austin Eckler is the, the <laughs> catalyst of this offense. No, hopefully we get him on. It was pre-injury when we scheduled it, but hoping to have Austin Eckler on tomorrow. Maybe get to ask him about it if we're allowed to. You know, got to kind of check on all of that. But yeah, I think, yes, I, I'll buy it as well that it can be fine. But let's not get things twisted. This offense can't reach its full potential unless Austin Eckler's out there, right? Like, they, can they still have a passing, passable rushing attack? I think so, which is saying which a is still ton. a huge statement. Yeah, it, it's such a huge statement. Uh, I mean, compared to years past. But like, let's not pretend that Austin Eckler didn't kind of shut up a lot of haters in this last game when he had a 55-yard run and also a 35-yard catch that, run. That that uh, your quarterback Justin Herbert checked into that play. I know it. I watched yeah. it a couple of different times. Justin Herbert checked into that rushing play, and Austin Eckler took advantage. But that's just beautiful to see. Yeah, and the, I'm, one of the interesting things that Brandon Staley talked about when he was asked about Austin Eckler was that he said basically that Elijah Dotson and Isaiah Spiller are still battling it out for yeah, RB3. So yeah. that is pretty interesting. Maybe we'll get more into that tomorrow because we are going to do some Chargers mailbag mixed in with that Austin Eckler interview. But we still have much more on this buy or sell. We talked about the Chargers rushing offense being good. Are we buying their rushing defense? Because that was also quietly good on Sunday, but I feel like there's more reason to be concerned about it. So we're going to talk about that and Kenneth Murray and the J.C. Jackson situation of it all and how much you know, if we will see another defensive performance like the one we saw on Sunday coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about FanDuel because the NFL season is here and FanDuel is back with incredible offers from America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I'm not sure if you guys saw the NFL Sunday ticket week one. I know David definitely was enjoying it, but four screens of football all Sunday long. It just doesn't get much better than that. But this week, the Chargers are opening up as three-point favorites against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee in a game that feels like the Chargers need desperately. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, David, well, let's continue to get into our Chargers buy or sell on the biggest storylines and overreactions after week one, and there were a lot of them. But let's do this one first. We talked about the Chargers rushing offense. Well, the Chargers run defense actually had a pretty good showing after getting kind of gashed a little bit early. They ended up only allowing 70 yards on 20 carries for a three and a half average. This was a quote from Sebastian Joseph Day from Bridget Condon, who works from NFL Network, who must have been in there after the game. She said, Sebastian Joseph Day was asked if he still has confidence in this defense. His response was, how much did they rush for? She puts, the Dolphins only rushed for 70 yards. So, yes. David, I'm going to start us off here. I think I'm selling this. I, I think there was, you know, a good performance numbers-wise. I think they're a little bit worse without the kneel downs or with the kneel downs factored in for Tua Tagovailoa at the end of the game, too. I don't think I can buy the run defense being fixed after one week. Especially when the game plan against you is not to run the football. 
They were just running the running the football to mix things up. They threw it for 466 <laughs> yards on you and three right. touchdowns. Come on, like no, yeah. I am selling it completely. I'm I because I need to see it against a true run it down your throat rushing offense, which guess what? You're yeah. going to see that on Sunday when the Chargers stroll into Tennessee and face King Henry. Then if they shut King Henry down and keep him and that rushing offense under 100 yards, then I might get closer to being a believer. But I need this defense and this run defense to show up on Sunday before I even get close to buying this one. Yeah, I mean, let's hope this is still a buy or sell next week, right? Let's hope that we're still kind of hopeful that the run defense is fixed. I mean, it started off the game poorly. They got gashed, especially on the perimeter, you know, a ton early on. But overall, I mean, even if you take out the kneel downs, it's 18 carries for 72 yards, 4.0 average. It's still, a, considering where they were last year, a good performance. But you just don't get to brag about it when you give up 466 passing yards. You don't get to talk about how good the run defense was. It's no. just the team, the game plan for them wasn't to try to run the ball effectively. And the just Dolphins have not deaf. been a good Dan, rushing Dan. team. I mean, they, they just haven't. Like, it's not, that's not the team you get to brag about. Yeah. If you bottle up Derrick Henry... Maybe we can rehash this next week, but it, it you know, and it's it's hard to even buy the rushing attack offensively for the Chargers being totally good after only one week of real NFL football, of course. But I'm just way more confident in that than I am in what the Chargers did defensively, really in any regards, but specifically in run defense. And a big part of that is Kenneth Murray, who we'll talk about later and Brandon Staley's comments about him. But this is the next buy or sell I have here, David. The Chargers will not give up. 36 or more points the rest of the season. Basically, buying or selling, we just saw the worst defensive performance by the Chargers. We'll see this year. Yeah, this one was a, a really tough one, but I was just looking at the games that were played this week, looking at some of the scores, and I think I just came to the conclusion that for you to give up that many points, like your offense has to be pretty bad as well, and you're, you're going to have to uh, turn the football over. I think I trust the Chargers a little bit more and Justin Herbert a little bit more not to turn the football over as often, I think, as it would take to get there. Uh, so I, I am, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy it. And there was only two other teams that gave up over 36 points this week. It was the Bears and the Giants obviously getting shut out by the Cowboys. But uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. There's a couple games that scare me, but I just think that this was a really, really good offense that the Chargers went, went up against, a very explosive offense with two weapons that I think are more dangerous than really anyone else that you're going to see on the slate, save for probably Justin Jefferson the, the rest of this season. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, they're still going to play the Chiefs twice, right? I mean, the, right. the Chiefs have not scored 36 against Brain and Steely's defense in a couple of years. But I think the devil's advocate to the whole having a good offense part of it is, hey, if your offense is scoring a bunch of points, the other team's going to have a lot more offensive chances, right? That's Not true. if the Chargers are running the ball as well as they have and they really chewed up the game. But the Chargers gave up more than 36 points twice last season to the yeah. Jaguars and the Seahawks. I think I have to sell it. I, I don't know. It feels weird buying anything I'm about the Chargers. I'm on the, the fence Chargers there too, defense, trust me. I don't know. Like, I... Yeah. I don't think we'll see a worse performance defensively than the Chargers had on Sunday. It's just hard for me to think you can get. Yeah, much you think worse. they're going to give up over 500 yards of offense again this no, year? I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're going to give up 466 passing yards again this season. That would yeah. be hard to imagine. So hard to imagine that we will see worse than what we saw. Uh, but you still have games against the Cowboys. I mean, maybe the Bills figure out their offense at some point this season. 
Uh, the Ravens, right, maybe their offense starts to click because they have a lot of weapons over there. We'll see. I don't yeah. think we're going to see just a straight-up worse performance overall than we saw from the Chargers' defense on Sunday. But that was when they were fully healthy. So maybe there's something about, you know, the actual defense and the scheme itself that's not right. Maybe we'll get more into that tomorrow. But this is the next buy or sell we have here, David. One of the biggest, you know, one of the things most talked about after the Chargers game was the pass rush or lack thereof. So this is the buy or sell today. We should be seriously concerned with the Chargers pass rush. Yeah, I mean, uh, 17 pressures generated, one QB hit, no sacks. Bosa had four pressures. Khalil Mack had six pressures who who led the team. Uh, the Dolphins were doing some things to try to, to protect against the, the Chargers pass rush. They did have seven and sometimes eight guys held in to try to give Tua enough time to get through his drops. And to, to his credit as well, he got the ball out very, very quickly. Yeah. So it's, it was really hard to get after the quarterback. But I'm still, I'm still concerned. And, and so I, I am going to buy it. I am concerned about the, the Chargers pass rush because they have to be able to, to figure it out and be, they have to be able to get after the quarterback regardless of those blockades, regardless of what the, they are doing to try to protect the quarterback. They have to impact the game in the way that the chargers are paying them to impact the game. So I am concerned because it wasn't anybody. It wasn't Khalil Mack. It wasn't Joey Bosa. It wasn't Morgan Fox. It was, was nobody. Nobody really got anywhere close to the quarterback on Sunday. So that is definitely a big concern for me. Yeah. I mean, the pressure numbers feel inflated. Like it it didn't feel like Tua was under that much pressure. I mean, I think, the big thing is like there was just times where the Dolphins just weren't even blocking guys like Joey Boza and they were getting the ball out so quick yeah, that they just never had a chance at it. Right. And Brandon Staley, we talked about that a little bit. I mean, it is all somewhat of a cop out, but I think the more concerning thing, I, I'm going to sell this overall. I'm, I, I mean, I have to think that Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa are going to figure it out. Like it is the first game of the season. I think Morgan yeah. Fox is going to be better, uh, but against those tackles, obviously that's really tough. But I think the most concerning thing is that a blueprint is kind of being drawn here by teams, yeah. whether it's the Jaguars, whether it's the Dolphins, where it's just get the ball out as quickly as possible, make the Chargers tackle, make them yeah. defend the middle of the field, put their linebackers in you know, coverage and, and exploit them there. That's what is more concerning to me, just because I think now we've seen it. Like, I mean, why wouldn't other teams try that, right? Not yeah. all the other teams have the personnel to pull it off. I mean, and nobody has the personnel that Miami specifically has. No. But teams are going to keep trying it, and the Chargers are going to sure. have to prove that they can at least make the quarterback hold on to the ball long enough with their coverage to give these rushers or, or a get chance off the field on home. third and ten plus. I mean, right? Please. I mean, the, the thing is that the Chargers can't be truly, you know, acquitted of this because there were no. opportunities for them to go and pass rush, and there were big downs they could have gotten off the field, and they just didn't. Right, and there were some missed sacks and some missed opportunities there. The edge rusher just ended up on the ground too much for my yeah. liking in general, too, but. I, I think those guys are going to figure it out. Kenneth Murray, on the other hand, I'm not so sure he's going to figure it out because after all the hype of the offseason, we still come back with this buy or sell today. Kenneth Murray is the biggest liability on the Chargers defense. Well, will J.C. Jackson say hold my beer? I think there's big questions about both of those guys after week one. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. All you have to do with Prize Picks, which is really nice, is you select two or more players. 
pick more or less on their projected stats and then place your entry. Testing my skills on prize picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. My favorite part about prize picks is that it's unlike any other daily fantasy sites that I've used in the past, which prize with prize picks, it's just me versus the projections. I get to go search out the matchups I like. When Austin Eckler has a, a matchup like he had last week, right? Hopefully everyone went more than on the Austin Eckler rushing stats because he absolutely demolished everything. But I like being able to go find that. You combine them together, you can multiply your winnings. But go to pricepicks.com right now slash NFL and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL. Promo code NFL for that deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, David, well, there's some more buyer sales to get into, including a couple of tough ones about some players that we really needed to see them out in the field before we could know if there was going to be an improvement on what we saw from them last season. And I think for me, it starts with Kenneth Murray because he was, to me, the most hyped up player in the offseason. And, you know, we did a lot of breakout, you know, candidates for this Chargers season. And I had fallen for the trap before and I had said, I can't do it. I can't buy in on Kenneth Murray until I actually see it and then and have something tangible to go off because like it just hasn't happened. It hadn't clicked. And unfortunately, David, on Sunday it felt like we saw a lot of the same issues that we saw from him in years past. So the buy or sell is this. Kenneth Murray is still the Chargers' biggest liability on defense. Yeah, I, I have to buy it, unfortunately, and, and it's because of the performance on Sunday. There was not a lot of redeeming quali- qualities from that performance. He was very slow to process what was happening in front of him, to, re- to react to plays. Uh, he wasn't really able to uh, have a good feel in coverage, and like the, the grades from PFF kind of reflect that. 43.3 run defensive grade, a 30 coverage grade and I honestly I think he was on the field way more than he ever should have been he was on the field for 60 snaps including 38 in coverage which was a big big problem and he had gave up four receptions on five targets for 57 yards and I believe 27 yards after the catch so not only was he giving up those receptions he was not getting the ball carrier down to limit those type of plays and he turned those plays into explosive plays without getting the ball carrier on the ground. Not a good performance from Kenneth Murray. Nothing that you can really point to and say that that was something he did well in that game. And it's very, very concerning for the Chargers. And to put some of those numbers that you brought up in perspective, right? This is Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blues. That entering Monday Night Football, Kenneth Murray is currently the lowest graded linebacker at 29.4 in the NFL from week one, according to PFF. Minimum of 40 snaps played. His coverage grade of 30 was also the worst in the NFL, and his 43.3 run defense was sixth worst amongst all linebackers that had at least 40 snaps. So it's just, you know, it sucks because, you know, you heard the other players. The other players bought in. The other players were impressed with what Kenneth Murray looked like in the offseason to the point where I had this questioning, is this the year? We've seen other fourth-year breakouts and things like that. But, man, whether it was in coverage, whether it was in run defense, I mean, it just felt, it felt like he was stuck in mud. Like, we always hear about how athletic the dude is. But it's better to be half a step slower and read faster than it yeah. is to have athletic ability but not be in the right place in the right time. And I just think for Kenneth Murray, the Chargers have a Kenneth Murray problem. If you're willing yeah. to bench J.C. Jackson, like we saw the Chargers do in his first return last week after saying he's going to cover number one wide receivers for the other team, man, it's just hard to – to think that 
Kenneth Murray hasn't been benched for his play. And, and what's most infuriating, David, is what Brandon Staley said about him after the game on Monday, actually. So second press conference. After he got to watch the game, he said this. I thought he and linebacker Eric Kendricks were solid in the game and gave us a chance to win. I thought they had winning performances. It was hard enough to watch that defensive performance by the Chargers, but like as far as Brandon Staley and, and where I'm at on him, like it's just how can you defend it? Like it, it, seeing that, watching the game I saw from Kenneth Murray and then hearing Brandon Staley say that just comes off so hollow. And I feel like when you're the type of coach that Brandon Staley is, where you know you're connecting with players, you're doing all of those things, trying to build the right culture, like it can come off kind of hollow. And players know when players play bad, right? Play bad. Players know. Players are watching the film too. So if he's out here saying that, I understand it, defending your own guy, but like if you're not going to actually entertain having him not on the field, like how can I take you seriously? It was not a good performance. There's no way you can convince me otherwise. My thing, Daniel, is is how on earth do you see what JC Jackson did, was yeah. okay with putting him on the bench? And yeah. then seeing what Kenneth Murray did and not okay with replacing him and putting Nick Neiman on the field or putting Eamon on the field. That is what I don't understand. Yeah. Kenneth Murray hurt your football team yesterday. He didn't do anything to help them. He did not benefit them in any way. So I don't understand the logic behind that decision. If you're able to pull a former All-Pro off the field, you got to pull somebody else off the field who's been an obvious liability. And you've been able to call out players before. You've been able to say when players have not played well for you. So to say that about Kenneth Murray when it's clearly not true, it just it does come off a little hollow. Well, I think there's some scar tissue there because it's like we heard the same thing about Jerry Tillery for a long time, and Jerry Tillery year after year continued to come it was out. bad. And get snaps it felt like he didn't deserve, right? And then, yeah. it, you know, if you really think Kenneth Murray is your best option, obviously, Dayon Henley is hurt, you know, and yeah. he can't get back quick enough for me. Same. But, like, it didn't seem like he was even going to eat into the snaps before the game, right? Even if he, he was healthy, have. it didn't seem like Dayon Henley was going to be getting first-team reps. By the way, we saw the rotations work in the preseason and in the offseason, right? Dayon and Henley's it's hard playing. to believe that it wouldn't look better with Dayon out there, too. I mean, especially in coverage, man. I mean, the one yeah. thing we did see from Dayon in coverage, first of all, he made all the right reads in the running yeah. game. That was nice to see. He's a good tackler. That's always great. I don't know, man. I mean, the Chargers got Dayon Henley. Didn't get him hurt, but, like, he got hurt in the end of a, a, the last preseason game, and everyone knew he was going to make the team, right? Yeah. That looks a lot worse right now because it feels like that room needs some juice. It felt like Eric Kendricks played fine. Yeah. Kenneth Murray was an obvious liability out there on Sunday, and it's just yeah. I don't know how you could come away with any other conclusion other than that if you watch the game. So annoying comments for sure, but let's get into the next buy or sell here, which is J.C. Jackson related. J.C. Jackson will bounce back this season and play well. Are you buying or selling that? I, I am going to buy it. it. It is really tough. It is tough, You're but I am going to buy it because I feel like the Chargers are going to be able to learn from these performances and put J.C. Jackson in better positions to have success. I, I think leaving him on an island to have to cover Tyreek Hill is never the answer. Tyreek Hill should never be in one-on-one, -on -one, no matter who is guarding him. No one in the NFL can guard that guy one-on-one. -on -one. He should always be double-teamed, no matter what. So yeah. the Chargers not doing that and, and really putting him out there to do that after a major injury, I just don't think it was the best way to use J.C. Jackson. The thing is, is J.C. Jackson, yeah, he 
gave up a couple of catches for 99 yards, a touchdown, but he also had two pass breakups and an interception. So there was a couple of good things from that performance. He hasn't played football in a very long time, a couple of bad decisions, but I do think J.C. Jackson will figure it out. I'm selling it for now. I'm sure we'll have this conversation again. Maybe I'll feel differently about it. It's just, it's hard to imagine with what we've seen from him in a Chargers uniform that we're going to get something that's significantly better. That's fair. Um, I think he's going to be better than what we saw on one Sunday. Like, I don't think, you know, that could easily go down as his worst game. And at least, unlike I feel like with Kenneth Murray, truthfully, like you did see some plays, right? He has an interception, yeah. he does a dumb decision with it. And yeah. like, that is the one thing he can control is cutting out the, the boneheaded mistakes yes. that cost the team dearly in this one, right? And Staley didn't do him any favors. He still had three pass breakups, including an interception. So, like, he was at least out there making some points. But this is something I was concerned about well before the Chargers kicked yeah. off in week one. This was something that scared me that everyone was so putting so much faith in J.C. Jackson coming back and being that dude again, even though we haven't seen him be that dude in a, a long time. But I will say in the secondary, outside of him, though, J.T. Woods was someone – that definitely, I thought, gave me a lot more confidence in him going forward because he may have, he was the best Chargers, graded defensive player. And like that, to me, was something, another silver lining, I guess, from this game. And there wasn't very many defensively. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you're back here tomorrow for Austin Eckler, we hope. And we're also going to get into some Chargers fan mail tomorrow, too. So hit us up at LockedOnLAC on Twitter or X. And you can hit me and David up individually at Dan Talk Sports for me and David Drogemeyer at DroTalk. SD, and you can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers or our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. You can put your question in the YouTube comments as well, pretty much anywhere, and we will get there. Or you can call in to 323-524-7924 on the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. But thank you guys again, as always, the everydayers for your continued support. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, as we always are. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.